The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Today we will conduct a very special edition of the Cigar Dave Show. It is Memorial Day weekend, but as you know, here on the Cigar Dave Show, we don't say Happy Memorial Day. We are offended by Memorial Day sales. We know the true significance of this weekend and of Monday Memorial Day. We observe Memorial Day. We honor, pay tribute to all those members of the armed forces that remain forever young on the battlefield, those members of the armed forces that came back that are no longer with us. And I also like to pay tribute to all those men and women that are in the armed forces now. They're great Americans. They are great patriots. And today we have moved from Command Center Alpha to a forward theater of operations, the Bad Monkey, a military bar in Ybor City, the traditional historical cigar-making area of Tampa as we conduct Memorial Day observance maneuvers. Long-ass greetings and salutations, a long-ass snappy salute. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha, make America great again. And uh, we come to you from the Bad Monkey because the owner and proprietor of the Bad Monkey, a military-themed, cigar-friendly watering hole, Major General David Scott, the proprietor, will join us in just a few minutes. But the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference going on in the Cigar City of Tampa, and we are fortunate enough to have some incredible guests that will join us over the next two hours, including Dr. Jim Mitchell, Ph.D., who wrote the book Enhanced Interrogation, was with the CIA for as a contractor, 22 years in the Air Force. He personally interrogated 16 of the top terrorists on America's Most Wanted list, all the 9-11 terrorists, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. We've got some other great members of the military. But as we always do on Memorial Day weekend, we like to start the show appropriately. So I ask that you rise. We will conduct the pledge with the great John Wayne, the Star Spangled Banner, our nation's uh, national anthem with Buffalo Sabres anthem singer Doug Allen and a rendition of Taps as we remember all those men and women that remain forever young. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. See by the dawn's early light 
All those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our nation and those that are no longer with us that served in the armed forces, may they rest in peace and may their memory live on in perpetuity. As we come to you from the Bad Monkey, this is the third year we have come to you, a military bar, great military people, and it is my high honor to welcome our great host, Major General David Scott, retired as uh, the Major General Joint Special Operations Command, the owner of the Bad Monkey. General Scott, once again, I thank you for your wonderful hospitality, for assisting us. Great American, great patriot, and a great friend. Thank you, Dave. And on this Memorial Day weekend, I know that uh, we've talked about this before. We know the true meaning, and it really, uh, I wish that more Americans would pause and really pay tribute to the true meaning. When I see a commercial that says, celebrating Memorial Day, a Memorial Day sale, happy Memorial Day, it just gets me so irritated and so aggravated. That's not what Memorial Day is all about. Yeah. And there is substance to our culture, and you don't see it every day on the street, but you see it here. In I Tampa, see it we do. in the people I meet, and Tampa is very much in line with that. Uh, there are people right now that are sacrificing their lives, and it's not only physical. It's their aspirations, their dreams, they're doing their duty. And they're watching our back and forward and our political situation right now is very confusing. And a lot of folks with less starch would not see that it's a noble thing to do. But the folks wearing uniforms right now absolutely do. And not only the men and women of our armed forces who are deployed in forward theaters of command operations, but also the families where the fathers, the mothers are gone for six months, a year, year and a half. It's very difficult, and I think we forget about that as we live our normal lives, that uh, it is not easy being a military family. 
there is a uh, culture of service, and it's not only in your military, it's in your firemen, your policemen. I mean, look around you here, where the sheriff's department goes in harm's way. You know, Tampa police, because we're local, TPD, they're engaged in combat on our city streets. And we have a special, uh, it's a gift here to host both the Special Operations Command and uh, Central Command. If you would open the window on the responsibilities and the challenges that they face every day, we wouldn't be able to cope with that. This is a great area that hosts some of the nation's finest soldiers. No question about it. Uh, Major General David Scott, our host and our special guest on our opening Memorial Day observance edition of the Cigar Dave Show. General Scott, I, I have to tell you that there are so many cities that have military bases, that have a military presence. And here in Tampa, it's very special because McDill Air Force Base, a big airlift command, but also because the two entities you mentioned, we've got uh, uh, special forces here, we've got Central Command, and we see them in South Tampa. We see them at restaurants. We yep. see them out and about. Yep. We see them in their fatigues, yep. in their uniforms, yep. that uh, there's a very special bond here. We, I think yep. every Tampanian knows the significance. And I should also say, Major that, uh, General, that uh, there are also so many retired members of the military that have retired to this area. We see them, and uh, they're a very important part of the fabric of our community. Great point. So we've got the two greatest warfighting commands, one with the global responsibility, one that's in a hot spot of all the things that are going to able, you know, the bad things brewing right now are brewing in Central Command. And they're working there as we yep, speak. Yep, they're in their area of responsibility. But we also have a wonderful retired and uh, former military. We've got a great veteran population here. We have an entrepreneurial uh, renaissance coming as well. So we, we're bringing people in that are highly skilled in all sorts of technology because they want to get close to the nation's business and contribute. And Special Operations Command is kind of leading the charge. And there's a place down here called Softworks in Avor City, and their focus is to bring the best and the brightest together to put technology in the hands of the troops quickly, rapid prototyping. I mean, this is a big, uh, a big initiative. Also, we have a great number of veteran support organizations around here. Here in this bar, we got ARMA. They have a party here tonight, but last night they set up a fundraiser for one of our Green Beret warrant officers. He's a quadriplegic, got tired of withering away, decided he would start his own spinal cord injury rehabilitation center. It's here in Tampa. It's called Stay in Step. And these people gathered around, raised money for him in order to support what insurance won't cover so that our veterans not only get the care that they need to survive, but they get the care that they need to live a prosperous life again. Well, I know that one of the things we see going on here in Tampa is the fact that we've got the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference, and that has brought people from all over the world here uh, into Tampa because they want to engage with special uh, operations, with Central Command. And it is fascinating. You go to the convention center, and there's choppers. There's all sorts of, of military gear. You know, I think it's important to recognize that it is a 24-7, 365 call-in 
President Trump, one of the things he said is, I want the strongest military so that hopefully we never have to use it. And that wouldn't that be the greatest thing ever? Yep. Spend all that money but never have to use it? Yeah. I'm fine with it. You know, we're in a uh, era right now where everybody's questioning everything. And there's a lot of drama that's played out on media. I will tell you, you can't ask for more competent individuals to lead our government right now than H.R. McMaster and uh, General Mattis. Mad Dog. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, and General Kelly. And Kelly. Homeland Security. You know, these are good folks, and they're not stupid. What we see here in Tampa, we have got the future of our country kind of, it's our responsibility to protect it. You don't, you don't see, see a lot of people talking about that in the media these days. But there are people right here who are living and dying and breathing, and that's their focus in life. And there's a lot of them. Well, I want to thank you once again. This is the third year that we have uh, conducted our Memorial Day observance maneuvers from the Bad Monkey and Ebor. You've been a great host, a great friend. You assist us in lining up some great guests. I'm very appreciative. I thank you for all you do for us and what you did for this nation. And uh, we need to see you more during the course of the year. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. And uh, I enjoyed seeing you again tonight. Absolutely. Major General David Scott, retired, Joint Special Operations Command, owner of the Bad Monkey. And by the way, he's got a cigar in hand. If you come to Tampa, stop by in Ybor City, East 7th Avenue. You've got to see the planes, the military theme. They are very warm and welcoming, cigar friendly. It's a great place. When we come back, we'll conduct the National Cigar Lightation and Libation Ceremony. We've got some incredible guests coming up, including the man responsible for all the enhanced interrogations of the, uh, the bad terrorists, all the 9-11 terrorists, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, Jim Mitchell, Ph.D., that will be joining us. Memorial Day observance maneuvers today on The Cigar Dave Show. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Avo Classic. To honor our longtime friend Avo Uvesian, this cigar is the harmony of Avo and master blender Hanky Kellner. Their collaboration offers an unforgettable experience of balance, enjoyment, and refined taste using rare tobaccos that have been aged for 25 years. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at Cigar. Dave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. We are all fellow cigar connoisseurs, and one of the exciting things about enjoying cigars is getting new cigars and trying new cigars, as well as some great oldie-goodie-type cigars. 
So you need to become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, where you will get three fantastic cigars each and every month. For May 2017, I am pleased to feature the Avo Classic. We remember longtime friend, industry icon, musical industry legend, Avo Uvesian, who passed away in March, by featuring the Avo Classic. That was his original cigar blend 25 years ago, a great collaboration between cigar master Hanky Kellner and Avo. It is smooth, it's creamy, a little bit of spiciness, balance great any time of day or night. If you're not a member of the Officers Club and want to get cigars like the great Avo Classic, then go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join the Officers Club today. $22.95, and you will get these great cigars. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. And as we come to you from the Bad Monkey, our Memorial Day Observance Maneuver, the cigar that we will enjoy today, we will dedicate to all those men and women that uh, served in the armed forces that we remember on this weekend no longer with us. My pleasure to welcome... Yanko Maceda, the proprietor owner of Tabanero Cigars right here in Ybor City, the cigar city, just about uh, a block away from the Bad Monkey. Yanko, it's kind of a tradition you join us here. Great to see you again, and you have handed me a brand-new cigar called the Tabanero Corona Grande. Looks about 6.5 by 46, 44. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Beautiful cigar. You are a boutique cigar maker right here in Tampa, bringing the history back. Yes, sir. Thank you, David, for the opportunity again. And I believe in the heritage of Tampa. We are working together with all the little shops in Ebor and Tampa to fight uh, the new regulations from FDA. I learned that even though we are a really small industry, we are a big family. We're a huge family. Everywhere we go in the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, Honduras, as soon as you mentioned that you're in the industry, you become part of the family. And the way I feel is... Um, Okay, well, I'll tell you what, hold, hold that diatribe. we got, we got to talk about the cigars. So tell me about this new Tabanero Corona sure. Grande. Tabanero Corona Grande is something that we had at the beginning. And, um, and we, you know, because of the demand of customers asking for the size, uh, we brought them back. And it's a blend of uh, Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Colombia. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a 44 gauge. You don't so, see that that often these days, but it's a nice size. Yes, yes, and I think it's a lot of flavor in such a small, a small cigar. And we are aging for at least four months because it has a lot of, you know, a strong tobacco. And the wrapper on this? Connecticut wrapper. Made right here in the Cigar City suggested retail. Yes, sir. Suggested retail? Oh, that one is uh, $6. Can't go wrong. <laughs> Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Well, I've got a double-edged stainless steel guillotine, but it kind of looks like a little bat, uh, the bat wings, and you just clip it, and it uh, that's going to do the trick today. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. All right, I brought the Mac Daddy from the Cigar Dave, our uh, research and development labs, and I'm going to tell you something. There's an important reason I've got this because this is a flamethrower that could be used on the battlefield against all the terrorists and the enemies. But I'm going to really bring it down so that it doesn't uh, destroy my beautiful Tabanero Corona Grande. But trust me, this has got a lot of power. Six cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. 
Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. There's the cut. I will toast the foot of this cigar. And as I do that, Yanko, tell us about the history of Pabanero cigars. You came from Cuba. Yes, You're now an American, so I'm sure on this Memorial Day, you understand the significance of uh, Memorial Day. I enjoy the freedom, so I, I really understand what is the cost of that freedom, something that we didn't have in Cuba. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty aware. And tell me, uh, Tabanero Cigars, I remember you started off about half a mile from here, small little place, maybe a thousand square feet. You've grown. Great story. It's, a, it's an American dream. It's something that I had as a kid, and I always knew that I was going to be a businessman in, in the U.S., but it took some time to find my purpose. And when I got into the cigar industry, I, I, you know, I fall in love. It's a pretty noble industry, and I haven't worked a day again in my life. Well, I got to tell you, as I lit this cigar, fantastic. Now, I'd say there's a lot of flavor, but it's not bitter. It's not harsh, not knocking me down. It's very pleasant. Now, last year, Yanko, you gave me the Mase Tabanero Maceda, named yes. after you. Yes. A unbelievable-looking square-press torpedo, Thank you. 30 bucks, and I remember saying, 30 bucks? I smoked this thing. I'm like, this thing is worth every penny. I've given them to some <laughs> friends, and they were, when I told them and they smoked it, they go, i got to get some of these. These are awesome, but very limited. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we understand that we are a boutique, so in uh, buying tobacco in the U.S., there's no secret that you have to go through a lot of different bells to find a really good batch. Give us your website. People can order online. If they come to sure, Tampa, you're sure. right on 7th Avenue. Sure. The best way to remember is besttampacigars.com. Easy. Besttampacigars.com. We'll post that as well. Yanko, as always, we appreciate you providing these great cigars. A lot of the folks here, the military uh, men at the uh, Bad Monkey, enjoying them. And great seeing you as always. Thank and we're going to share a cigar together. Thank you, sir. All right. Yanko Maceda of Tabanero Cigars. And we come back a very special guest as we continue our Memorial Day observance maneuvers from the Bad Monkey Military Bar in Tampa. Dr. Jim Mitchell, man responsible for enhanced interrogation of the 9-11 terrorists next. The 2017 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th at Buffalo River Works. Tickets for this all-VIP event go on sale on June 1st. Your tickets include a day full of Alpha Male Pleasure, including premium Gurkha cigars, luscious cocktails, beer from Hamburg Brewery, coffee from Goodrich Coffee, and a buffet fit for the Alpha Male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets June 1st only, only at CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. Wow. He 
Tasty's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. For many, Memorial Day has come to mean the unofficial start of summer. At the Cigar Dave Show, we never forget the true reason for the holiday, honoring those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the United States of America. And we continue with our special Memorial Day observance maneuver edition of the Cigar Dave Show, honoring and paying tribute to our armed forces. And as I have said the first few segments, as we come to you from the Bad Monkey, a military bar and a watering hole in Ybor City, the historical cigar manufacturing area of the Cigar City of Tampa. And a special thanks to Major General David Scott, the retired Joint Special Operations uh, Commander and Proprietor of the Bad Monkey. And the reason that we are here is the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference, SOFIC, is taking place this week and we have the opportunity to bring on the show people that otherwise we would never be able to have incredible names great warriors people that have made a huge difference to our nation and as on this memorial day observance we we really honor some great people in the armed forces that keep us safe let us never forget that and it is my high honor and distinct pleasure to welcome a man who has literally written the book on enhanced interrogation he spent. Uh, he was a contractor with the CIA. Spent 22 years in the Air Force with the Air Force Air Force Special Operations Command. He has personally interrogated 16 of the top terrorists in the world, all of the 9/11 terrorists, and KSM Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, which helped us get Osama bin Laden. Jim Mitchell, who has spent uh, many years in the armed forces, wrote the book Enhanced Interrogation inside the minds and motives of the Islamic terrorists trying to destroy America. Jim, I have seen you many times on Fox News, Fox and Friends, some of the other shows. Great honor to have you with us today on this special Memorial Day Observance Edition. Thank you for having me on. Let's start off first about your background. Before we get into uh, the enhanced interrogation and the incredible life that you have lived in the military, talk about your background. Where are you from? How'd you get in the armed forces? Well, I joined the Armed Forces in 75 as a bomb disposal guy, you know, EOD guy. And I, I, w I got interested in how terrorists think as a result of, you know, working with IEDs and working with other improvised devices, explosive devices. And I got out of the Air Force temporarily and got a Ph.D. in clinical psychology from the University of South Florida here in Tampa. So you were, I should call you Dr. 
Jim you can, Mitchell. You can call me anything you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. You know? uh, anyway, so then I went back into the Air Force and, and, and essentially after my internship went into special duty assignments and stayed in special duty assignments the whole way. Finishing up the last six years uh, as a member of uh, one of the special tactics squadrons attached to, to AFSA. So that's, and then after I got out of that, since you asked me what I had done, uh, in August of 2001, I, I signed a personal services contract with the CIA. And then September the 11th happened, uh, and then they asked me to come on board and help them uh, with the uh, counterterrorist center, asked me to come on board and help them with their interrogations. Where are you from originally? Tampa, oddly enough. Oh, you're a Tampa. So you know all the history of cigars, and you know Ebor very well. I grew up here. I didn't realize that. So a uh, local boy uh, goes into the armed forces, interrogates some of the uh, baddest, worst terrorists in the world, and comes back home here. Yeah, we came home to uh, spend time with Kathy's father, my wife's father, who was in hospice. He was a Marine uh, that was in World War II, blown up on day five of, of Iwo Jima, uh, served you know, honorably, and uh, when he got sick, we came back here to, so he wouldn't have to go into a home. And since we're really paying tribute to uh, really the heroes in our armed forces that are no longer with us, what was what was your father-in-law's name? Leon Oaks. Uh, Leon Oaks. He was a 105 gunner, and uh, his entire gunnery battery was killed except for him when uh, on day five of Iwo Jima, like I said, when the, the Japanese lobbed a mortar into the area where they had their 105 set up. Well, to Leon, we, we pay tribute to him. We remember him because we really know what the true meaning and significance of Memorial Day is, and we make sure that we spread that. And to those of you listening, as I said at the beginning of the show, we don't celebrate Memorial Day weekend. I am so offended when I see Memorial Day sales or people say Happy Memorial Day. We observe Memorial Day, and we need to do more in our schools. We should have a national, I believe, on Memorial Day for maybe one minute, a moment of silence at high noon, and remember all those people that served in the military that died uh, young on the battlefield that remained forever young, and those that served that are no longer with us. Jim Mitchell, Dr. Jim Mitchell, our guest, is the uh, author of the book Enhanced Interrogation. So tell us, and by the way, if I ask you anything that is sensitive or classified, just let us know. We're not 60 minutes here. We just want to try to ask questions and share the information with our uh, alphas that listen coast to coast and around the world. So, Jim, tell us about 9-11. 9-11 occurs. You get uh, uh, called by the CIA. I did. Uh, initially, what happened is uh, they got a hold of a uh, resistance to interrogation manual that was based on our own special forces training a guy by the name of Ali Muhammad, who was an officer in uh, Special Forces, stole that manual, took it over to Al-Qaeda, uh, to the Middle East, gave it to the terrorists, and they developed a resistance to interrogation program around that. And so what happened is when the CIA got a copy of that, they asked me and a man by the name of Dr. Bruce Jessen to take a look at the manual because we had, at that point, something like 11 years experience with teaching our own people to resist interrogation, including the folks at the very tip of the spear. And so they said, okay, if they're following the things that they say they're doing in this book, how are these guys apt, apt to look and how are they apt to act if they're resisting interrogation? So in March of 2002, when they caught Abu Zubaydah, they asked me to deploy with the CIA interrogation team uh, and hook up uh, uh, 
and advice the CIA interrogators and the FBI interrogators who were questioning Abu Zubaydah. And when that didn't produce the intelligence that they needed, they eventually asked me if I would help them put together a program for interrogating Abu Zubaydah. And reluctantly, I agreed to do that. Uh, and then they asked me if I would be willing to do the interrogations myself. And as you can imagine, because I was a psychologist and not an interrogator, I was a little bit reluctant to do that. But uh, Jose Rodriguez, is, uh, who was the chief of uh, CTC at the time, one of his lieutenants said to me, well, you've been around for 90 days. For 90 days, you've had briefing day after day after day about the threat. And we knew at that particular time that Al-Qaeda was planning a second wave of catastrophic attacks, possibly involving a nuclear weapon. And uh, because they knew, uh, uh, and, and I think George Tennant and both Jose Rodriguez had talked about this, uh, they knew that Osama bin Laden had met with the Pakistani scientists that were passing out the nuclear technology to all the rogue states. And Osama bin Laden had asked that scientist, how long will it take us to develop a nuclear weapon? And the scientists said, well, the tough part is actually getting the fissionable material. And KSM, I mean, uh, Osama bin Laden said, what if we've already got it? Ooh. And that sent shockwaves through the intelligence community. And, and the president said, we need to walk right up to the line of what's legal and do whatever is legal uh, to get information. And so I, I agreed to help him do these interrogations. And, uh, and that's when it kicked off. And so that was your first ex uh, interrogation. And, you know, we, I think there's a, we have this vision of, from television and movies what an interrogation is like. Sit across from a guy at a table, you give him a pack of cigarettes, you give him a drink, you try to establish a rapport. That's, that's in Hollywood. What's it really like sitting across from a terrorist murderer that wants to destroy our nation and our way of life? Well, it really depends on what he does, right? I mean, the way this, that we did these interrogations is the very first thing we would do is something I call the neutral assessment. And that is, I would just walk in there and say, you know, this is what we want to know. You know, we want to know these kinds of things. And, uh, and usually what happened, although not all the time, but usually what happened is they would say, we're not going to give you anything. Like KSM told me when the, I'm one of the people who questioned him initially, KSM said, soon, when I said, we want, to, we want information to stop operations inside the United States. We want to be able to stop these attacks. And he said, soon you'll know, you know. Uh, and, we, you know, we just couldn't live with that. And so, you know, what I would say to him at that point is the next time somebody comes to talk to you, they're going to ask you these questions. If you answer these questions, then nothing rough is going to happen. If you don't answer these questions, things will get much more difficult for you. And then... What we would do in the case of when they were using enhanced interrogation is we would use those enhanced interrogations to shape their cooperation. So we'd pay particular attention to when they tried to cooperate with us. And when we did, we would stop the enhanced interrogations. So that what we did was basically, it's, it's almost like, although this is not quite accurate, it's almost like a dental phobia in the sense that if you've known anybody that's afraid of dentists, the time that they try to get away from it, most it's just before the next session right right so what we would do is try to get those folks to start answering our questions before the next interrogation session we would tell them what we would want to know and then we would go in and give a, a neutral assessment the next time and if they didn't there would be a short enhanced interrogation then we would tell them what we're going to ask them the next time 
then we would come back and do a neutral assessment. And if they didn't answer, we would do. And eventually, they started trying to provide enough truthful information that they could stop the enhanced interrogation. And when they did that, we switched entirely to social influence. We tried to figure out what's the story this person is telling themselves about why they're doing this, and how can we frame the questions that we're asking them so that it fits naturally into this person's worldview. Okay, so two things. When we talk about the time frame, how long from a neutral interrogation to enhance, how long was this entire process? Well, Abu Zubaydah was subjected to 14 days of enhanced interrogation, and then up until um, President Bush moved him to Guantanamo in 2006, there was another 1,609 days, I think, that he cooperated with us, more or less, right? So 1,609, almost uh, four years, four plus years. Yeah. Same thing with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed had 21 days of enhanced interrogation, and then he had another 1,200 and something days where he was more or less. Now, he wouldn't provide any information about uh, UBL, but he really didn't have to because in lying to us, he revealed what, what was most important. And, and I should probably address that for your listeners since I said that. Hold, uh, that. hold that thought right there. We need to take a short uh, time out. And I can already tell that we are going to do a special, we'll have a special bonus segment with our guest, Dr. Jim Mitchell, the author of the book, Enhanced Interrogation Inside the Minds and Motives of the Islamic Terrorists Trying to Destroy America. Served 22 years in the United States Air Force Special Operations Command, contracted with the CIA. He interrogated 16 of the top terrorists on the American Most Wanted, all of the 9-11 terrorists, and Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. We will continue from the Bad Monkey, our Memorial Day observance maneuvers, honoring and paying tribute to the men and women of our forces on this Memorial Day edition of the Cigar Dave Show. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. One of the highlights of the year is when I'm able to take the Cigar Dave show on the road. And I'm pleased to announce that the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in the Buffalo, New York Theater of Operations will occur Saturday, August 12th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. We had a fantastic event last year. Off the charts, going to be bigger and better. We will have an alpha male feast. We will have incredible samplings of gourmet coffee from Goodrich Roasters in Buffalo. We'll also have Hamburg Brewing featuring five of their different craft brews. We'll have incredible spirits that we'll be sampling. You will get magnificent cigars, six magnificent Gurkha cigars, five new brands being launched. It is going to be a great day. Tickets will go on sale beginning early June. Mark it down for now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water presented by Gurkha Cigars Saturday, August 12th, Buffalo Riverworks, Buffalo, New York. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. 
At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. We remember all servicemen and women who paid the ultimate price serving our country. We at the Cigar Dave Show thank all who serve, and we will never forget. Semper Paratus, the theme of the United States Coast Guard. Memorial Day observance maneuvers from the Bad Monkey as we are here in Ybor City, military bar owned by retired Major General David Scott of uh, formerly the Joint uh, Special Operations Command, JSOC, the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference going on this week in the Cigar City, uh, the home of Central Command at McDill Air Force Base. Dr. Jim Mitchell, a interrogation expert, the author of the book Enhanced Interrogation Inside the Minds and Motives of the Islamic Terrorists Trying to Destroy America, uh, retired from 22 years of service in the Air Force. Dr. Mitchell, you left off talking about the next step in uh, interrogation, the questions, and let's pick it up from there. Okay, I think I left off talking about KSM. K KSM, right, right. right. There, there were actually uh, five terrorists who were uh, helpful in helping us identify the courier. There were many more than that. There were about 20, but there were five that come to mind quickly as we're sitting here. The first tip-off we got about who the courier might be came from a man by the name of Amar Bellucci, who was one of the 9-11 uh, uh, bombers. Uh, he was KSM's nephew, and what he said after enhanced interrogations was that there was a man called uh, Abu Ahmed al-Kuwaiti who was a courier for UBL and that his uncle, KSM, had told him that that was true. Well, we go back to KSM and ask KSM about it and KSM denies that. He says, I didn't tell him that. So we go back to Omar Bellucci and say, he says, you didn't, he didn't tell you that. He goes, I don't know why he's lying, but he's lying. So what happened is the terrorists thought they had set up a secret communications uh, channel so they could secretly communicate with each other, and they didn't know that we could monitor it, and we were monitoring it. And after KSM was asked about Abu Ahmed al-Kuwaiti, the courier, he went into that secret communications channel and said, whatever you do, don't talk about the courier. Well, to the CIA interrogators and the analysts and the targeters, that identified that courier as somebody that was important. It may not lead to uh, uh, UBL, but we knew that he was an important guy. The next uh, detainee who provided information after enhanced interrogation was a man by the name of Hassan Ghul, who was a protege of KSM's. And before enhanced interrogations, what he said was, oh, you know, lots of three or four people, maybe five people who are working with UBL, delivering messages. Uh, we're not sure who they are. And this guy 
you know, Kuwaiti could be one of them, but who knows. After enhanced interrogations, he says, Kuwaiti is definitely the guy. He delivered this message to Abu Faraj al-Libi, appointing him uh, KSM's replacement as the guy who's supposed to attack the West, uh, and he does these other sorts of things for, Marble, uh, for uh, UBL. So we go to Abu Faraj al-Libi, and we ask him, and he said, oh, I never heard of a guy like that. I mean, that man doesn't exist. Well, we knew from 15 or 20 other detainees that had been questioned in other places that a lot of those people knew that guy exists, and a lot of them knew that he worked with Abu Faraj al-Libi. So those lies really highlighted the importance of this guy, uh, uh, al-Kuwaiti. And then the final one that actually uh, was very helpful was a, uh, a man by the name of Abu Yasser al-Jaziri. After enhanced interrogations, he told us that this uh, courier, Abu, uh, Abu Ahmed al-Kuwaiti, spoke native Arabic, but he had a speech impediment. And what he would do is he would uh, mix up uh, Pashto words with Arabic words in random ways, and that if you, even if you could speak both languages, you had a hard time following him because he sounded like he had a speech impediment. Well, that allowed, uh, through technical means, for them to identify the compound where that man lived, right? Uh, and then uh, some really brilliant uh, CIA analysts put together all these little pieces, uh, and they put together the, the uh, program that made sure that UBL was there, and then the SEALs were able to go in and shoot him. Let me ask you, when we define enhanced interrogation, we all think of waterboarding. What are some of the other enhanced interrogation techniques? And is there something you can't tell us? Then so be it. But give us some of the ideas of what when we talk enhanced interrogation, define that. Well, I list them all in my book that were approved by the Justice Department. The enhanced interrogation techniques are a limited list of things that the Justice Department approved. And in most cases, you might not even think that they were very enhanced. There was an attention grab, for example. That's enhanced, uh, like grabbing a guy? Grabbing a guy up, <laughs> up, up close. Uh, there was walling, which is, a, which is a technique that was used. See, what, I, what we did was we said, listen, if you guys are uh, hell-bent on using physical coercion against Abu Zubaydah, then you ought to use the same physical coercion that the Air Force and the other militaries have been using in their resistance to interrogation tools for the last 50 years because they're not producing any kind of injuries and no, kind of, no lasting uh, mental harm. So the, the CIA did its due diligence with the uh, military organization that controls that stuff, figured out what we could do, and there were 10 of them. I can't remember them all necessarily, but there was waterboarding, which was only used on three people. In fact, I waterboarded almost as many lawyers as I did terrorists. That's and, not a, you know what, lawyers, that's, you'd be given an award for that. You should be given a, a, a Nobel Prize for that. The last time, <laughs> you know, people talk about enhanced interrogations uh, you know, being close to the edge of being illegal, but it was ruled as legal by the uh, uh, Justice Department, not one time, but five times, including waterboarding. One time after I waterboarded an assistant attorney general before he made that decision. He said, I'm not going to make the decision. So you actually had to waterboard him to I prove. I had to waterboard him. And after that, he said, okay, fine. It, yeah, a few days later, he opined that it was He's okay. a brave guy. Yeah. The other techniques that are listed in my book are walling, uh, facial slap, uh, like I said, the attention, uh, attention grasp, uh, uh, some stress positions, but we tended not to use those, and a, and a couple of others. Uh, but, that, but if it's not on that list that was approved by the Justice Department, 
And there were many things that were done to detainees that Bruce and I didn't do that were not on that list. It's not an enhanced interrogation techniques. It's just something some guy made up on the spot, which he shouldn't have done. Well, just the mere fact when you stated that Obama, Osama bin Laden stated, well, what if we already have the nuclear material to make a, 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 a nuclear weapon? I guarantee you that sent shockwaves to every one of our alphas and lieutenants that are listening without question. Here's what we want to do. Uh, Jim Mitchell, by the way, the book Enhanced Interrogation, he interrogated 16 of the top terrorists on the American Most Wanted list, all the 9-11 terrorists, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, contracted with the CIA, 22 years in the Air Force, and the book Enhanced Interrogation, uh, interrogation Inside the Minds and Motives of the Islamic Terrorists Trying to Destroy America. Here's what we're going to do, Jim. We want to keep you. We are going to do a special bonus segment that will be available at CigarDave.com and also in the podcast section of the Cigar Dave mobile app as we continue with our special Memorial Day observance maneuver from the Bad Monkey, Ybor City, Florida, honoring and tributing to our armed forces. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general. Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. What an absolutely incredible first hour that we had. What a treat to have Jim Mitchell, Dr. Jim Mitchell, who was involved with the enhanced interrogation of many of the top terrorists, all the 9-11 terrorists, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, fascinating. And as we conduct our special Memorial Day observance maneuver edition of the Cigar Dave Show from the Bad Monkey, a military bar in Ybor City, the heart of the historical cigar manufacturing area of the Cigar City of Tampa, we have got another hour loaded with some great patriots, great Americans. We do not say Happy Memorial Day. We do not rush out for Memorial Day sales. We know that Memorial Day is more than just throwing a steak on the grill and playing golf or going to the beach. It is about remembering all those men and women that sacrificed, that served. We pay tribute to them today, to all of our Armed Forces members that are great patriots, many of them still forever young. Welcome back, hour number two, the general, the global alpha, front and center. If it sounds loud, it is. We are at the Bad Monkey because this is the hub of operations for all socializing during the Suffolk Conference, the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference that uh, takes place every year in Tampa, just about a week or two before Memorial Day weekend, as Central Command is based here at McDill Air Force Base, and we have been privy, thanks to Major General David Scott, retired and the owner of the Bad Monkey, to get some great guests. And it is my pleasure to welcome two great Americans. First up, we have retired Lieutenant Colonel Army Aviation, 
Bruce Tufty, 14 years special ops, retired at Fort Eustis, Virginia. Lieutenant Colonel Bruce, great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks. It's great to be here, and thank you um, for everything you're doing for our veterans and uh, our, our fallen uh, soldiers, night stalkers, especially uh, from the 160th and uh, special operators all over the world. No thanks necessary. It's the other way around. Uh, we have to thank all of you that are living, those that are no longer with us, those that served that are no longer with us. We really remember them all for their great uh, courage. And we also have Chief Warrant Officer 5, not one, but five, like a five-star Steve Davidson, retired. I like what he told me. He said, General, from high school to flight school, we're both fellow aviators. I'm fixed wing. You were, you flew the hard stuff, the choppers, and you spent, uh, I think you said 17 years uh, flying Chinook helicopters. How many years total in the service? Uh, 32 years in the service. Um, I'm still flying and have uh, been flying for 51 years. Also, what do you fly now? The Mi-24 uh, Russian gunship. Wait a minute. Let's call the FBI. Let us conduct an immediate investigation. We have Chief Warrant Officer retired Steve Davidson flying a Russian gunship. Look, I had Russian dressing on a salad earlier this week. I'm being investigated. Why shouldn't you be as well? Well, let's start, first of all, with you, Bruce. Army Aviation, tell us where you're from, your background. How did you get involved in, in with the Army and with aviation? So I grew up in northern Illinois on a cornfield, you know, on a farm and uh, back in the 80s, and not a lot was going on. I mean, I can't uh, compare to Steve that got in in the 60s and went to Vietnam, but uh, so I really didn't have a lot of options and I went into the army and it worked out well for me. I wanted to go to college and I had a guy, a mentor say, hey, you ever get into aviation? You know, I think you'd be a good pilot. So I applied, was accepted, got into flight school. A couple, you know, one of those decisions that you make in your life that are good decisions. One is going into aviation. Yep. The second by far was going into special operations. So I did a tour in Alaska like you did, Steve, and uh, did the Mount McKinley thing and, uh, and flew Chinooks. Awesome. I mean, just an unbelievable time. And then went to uh, regiment at Fort Campbell, the 160th. Uh, so I uh, had the opportunity to fly special operations. I did a transfer into acquisition. And so then I was able to buy aircraft and uh, work with uh, industry and procure aircraft. And uh, it, was, it was a great time. Uh, and I retired in 2008 as a lieutenant colonel. And you're retired here in the cigar city of Tampa, and you love cigars. And here I am. I'm one a cigar smoker, and uh, this is a great place to be. And thank, great city to be a cigar smoker. Thank goodness for General Scott for opening places like this for us. Absolutely. So uh, what, what brought you to Tampa? How did you decide to retire to Tampa? So I, um, like I said, I retired in 2008, came back for a, a, an opportunity here in Tampa. I did, I did a tour at SOCOM. Really like the area. I mean, great radio shows, of course. Very, of course. <laughs> yeah. Lieutenant Colonel, you are now a colonel. I just promoted you as a general. I can do that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Ybor City, Cigar City, you got to love that. I mean, it's just a great area. Yeah. So I, I, I just came back, um, had a great opportunity working for a defense company. CAE, we do defense sure, the, uh, training. You're going to get me in one of the simulators? Yeah, absolutely. They, Anytime they, you want. Now, so, they, they build them here in the Cigar City, based in Montreal initially, yeah, correct? Roger that. Uh, but we're a U.S. company just north of the airport. I know right where you are. We do all kinds of training for the defense. And so I've got a job of my lifetime. So I don't ever plan on moving from Tampa, Florida. Well, I've flown the A330 and A320 Airbus simulators with uh, U.S. Airways and American with uh, Captain Cy and, and Captain Eric up in Charlotte. 
And uh, it's the real thing, man. And I'll tell you, as a pilot, I learn something every time I go. What do you have, the C-130s? Yeah, what mo- do you have here? Mostly C-130s up there. We got a C-130, We have a C-130 training center in uh, Tampa, and we've trained aviators from all over the world. It's, it's a great facility. And we're in about 50 different countries, uh, defense and security. We train aviators from all over the world, foreign military sales. We have civilian, like yourself. And then also military. So I do all defense and security. I'll bring the cigars. You provide this fight simulator. Let's do it. <laughs> you got I, li- it. I like the idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> and we've also got the Chief Warrant Officer 5, retired Steve Davidson. 32 years of flying, 52 in the military, 52 years of flying total. I love it. High school to flight school. Where are you from? Tell us about your background because it is a fascinating, fascinating story. Born into the uh, Air Force. My father was in the Air Force, traveled the world. Where, where were you born? Uh, in, in Kansas. Uh, my first overseas tour was when I was uh, three years old, and we were in Japan uh, during the Korean War. Uh, my father was uh, in Air Sea Search and Rescue, SA-16s, uh, H-19s, and uh, based out of uh, a Shia Air, Air Base. And uh, the movie Flight from Shia was actually filmed based on his squadron. Uh, but grew up in the Air Force and always uh, knew that I wanted to fly. Finishing up high school in uh, 1965 and Vietnam was cranking up and uh, looked at the opportunity of uh, going through the Air Force and realized that uh, there was four years of college, there was 52 weeks of flight school. You know, as, as my father's generation said, this is your war. This is not our war. We fought our two wars. This That's is right. Yours. So uh, I found a a program that uh, literally allowed you to go from high school to flight school through basic training and flight school. Eleven months later, I was flying combat in Vietnam. Uh, What did you fly in Vietnam? I flew uh, the the Huey, the first tour. The Hueys, okay. And before I turned 21, I had 1,000 hours of combat time in Vietnam. Uh, 1968 was a very, very difficult year over there. Sure. Um, You know, we lost a lot of Americans. Um, but then continued to fly. Um, flew in Europe and uh, back in Vietnam flying Chinooks and then stayed in the Chinook community for about 17 years and um, then moved into a, um, a test and uh, evaluation organization where we had the opportunity to begin to develop um, the exploitation of uh, uh, foreign equipment. And... Uh, Similar program to some that were run in the Air Force, and uh, so I had the opportunity to begin to fly Russian aircraft, and uh, all uh, legal, of course. All legal, of course. It was. Uh, Want to point that out? All absolutely legal. <laughs> I don't need uh, any Democrats, senators, and congressmen <laughs> breathing no, down our necks. No, no, but uh, you know, just like your car, if you leave your keys in it, somebody's going to take it. Possession is 99% of the game. <laughs> Absolutely. It's yours. Congratulations. <laughs> so uh, we were the operators. We weren't the procurers. I think the acquisition guys right. are sitting to the right of me. Right. Uh, but we began flying the aircraft to, to develop the tactics and techniques and procedures to allow us to be able to, uh, to uh, work against the equipment on the battlefield and did that all the way up uh, through retirement. Uh, spent my last 10 years flying in special operations. Um, and uh, all sorts of aircraft around the world. Um, uh, and where did you retire to? Where do you live now? Uh, I currently live in the Jacksonville area. Jacksonville, great. I tell you, Jacksonville's booming. A lot going on there. Oh, absolutely. No Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 
you know, and, and maybe this year we'll 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 have uh, a decent team. Well, I'll tell you what, I went to Syracuse. Doug Marone's your coach. Actually, believe it or not, with uh, two Syracuse guys because you, go. you got Tom Coughlin and you got Doug Marone, got yep. a good general manager in there. And I, I told Shad, uh, invited me to a game when my Buffalo Bills were playing a few oh years ago. Oh, my, but Bills I said, fans. It's come, we're coming back. Hey, I, yeah. we are, we, trust keep, me, keep there's some. It. Keep no, no, I'm it. telling you right now. It's no, going to be a few years, but I'm telling you, they hired a general manager, a head coach, and, and a front office that I'm and telling a quarter, you. And a quarterback of. Tyrod Taylor is not going to be our quarterback in the future, but he's serviceable this year. Okay. But I will say this. I told Chad, I said, look, I'm a lifelong Bills fan, but I root for the Jaguars because Chad's a great guy. And I think right. they're going to do well. But Jacksonville, such tremendous military history. And both of you gentlemen living in Florida, I'm a private pilot. I was just flying a few weeks ago into Sanford Airport when I landed. I said, man, this is a huge airport. And they said, this used to be a military airport, World War II. Go to Sebring right. for breakfast one more. It used to be a World War II training airport. Exactly. You look at all the airports in this state, yeah. many of them started out as training airports. Same thing, I think, with Tampa International was Drew Field, military. So Absolutely. we really have so many airports in this state, all because of starting back to World War II. Sure. Uh, and Navy Jacks, obviously, uh, um, developed uh, during the war years as well, and uh, so many around there. But but uh, appreciate your comments about the Jaguars. We are very, very happy in Jacksonville that Tom Conklin and, and family are back. They're, they're great, great supporters yep. of the city. Uh, they You've do got a great owner, things. too. Absolutely. you got a great owner. He really With, is a gem a of a guy. You know, yeah. he invited me to sit in his suite. So uh, I gave him some cigars, loved them, diamond crowns. And I said to him, I said, okay, Shad, where, where do you want me to sit? Because, you know, you see on TV, you see like Jerry Jones sitting somewhere and, and, and you see uh, Robert Kraft are all in the front row and ties and everything. Shad had a leather bomber jacket, a military, you know, like an Air Force jacket with Jaguars, open shirt. I said, where do you want me to sit? He said, anywhere you want. I said, where do you sit? He goes, no, I stand. And I said, wait a minute, let me get this straight. I said, this is your team. Don't you want to be, like, you know, uninterrupted? And there was probably about 30 people in his suite. And he said, no, no, anywhere you want. So I sat next to his wife. And at halftime, I go, Shad, i got to ask you this question. You're sitting here. You're schmoozing with everybody. How do you do this? I mean, how, how do you not, like, want to just watch the game and, and, and not be pestered? And he said, what's the use of owning the team if I can't enjoy it with others? and really enjoy the socialization. Gem of a guy, down-to-earth guy, self-made guy. Yeah. And if you walk down the street, you wouldn't know that he's worth umpteen billions, but a real a real mensch. That's that's the term I will use. How many owners would say that? Short of that 330-foot uh, new yacht that sits right there on the... He does. Yeah, he does. But you know what's amazing? <laughs> All these people, including a lot of kids, he had the, the windows up in his suite, which he always keeps yeah. open. People were saying, Chad, can I get a picture with Took a picture with everybody. There was a guy that, that came up. One of the Jacksonville Jaguars people said, I want to introduce you. He was one of our first season ticket holders, and uh, he just celebrated, like, his 90th birthday. And Chad said, well, great. Welcome to my suite. He says, no, I'm going back to my suite. He goes, no, you're not. You're staying here with us for the game. Yeah. Just a real gem of a guy. But Indeed. talking about aviation, I tell you what, we right. need to take a short time out. I, I, get, I tell you, once I get talking football and aviation, Forget it. I'm going on and on. I can't so you have a radio show, isn't it? Uh, yeah, right, exactly. The gift of gab was never an issue, as you can see. Introverted personality, not a problem. All right, we will continue. We've got two great guests as we uh, continue our Memorial Day observance maneuvers from the Bad Monkey, a military bar, as we honor and pay tribute to all the members of our armed forces living, those that are forever young, those are not with us anymore. We've got uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Bruce Tufty. 
Chief Warrant Officer, retired Steve Davidson. Both great aviators, our guests as we continue front and center. The May selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is honoring the life of Avo Uvesian with the Avo Classic. This cigar is smooth and creamy with notes of pepper. The Avo Classic is mild to medium in taste and crafted from an impressive blend of Dominican fillers and binders in a stunning Ecuadorian wrapper. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. One of the highlights of the year is when I'm able to take the Cigar Dave show on the road. And I'm pleased to announce that the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in the Buffalo, New York Theater of Operations will occur Saturday, August 12th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. We had a fantastic event last year. Off the charts, going to be bigger and better. We will have an alpha male feast. We will have incredible samplings of gourmet coffee from Goodrich Roasters in Buffalo. We'll also have Hamburg Brewing featuring five of their different craft brews. We'll have incredible spirits that we'll be sampling. You will get magnificent cigars, six magnificent Gurkha cigars, five new brands being launched. It is going to be a great day. Tickets will go on sale beginning early June. Mark it down for now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water presented by Gurkha Cigars Saturday, August 12th, Buffalo Riverworks, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're enjoying a good barbecue, hanging out with friends, or traveling this holiday weekend, remember to take time to honor and remember all those who gave their lives for the freedoms we enjoy today. At the Cigar Dave Show, we believe every day should be Memorial Day. We certainly do. Great men and women that have served this nation valiantly. And we're at the Bad Monkey Military Bar in Ybor City, the uh, traditional cigar-making area of the Cigar City of Tampa. And we want to thank, once again, Major General David Scott, retired uh, general, Major General from the Joint Special Ops Command, who is the proprietor and owner of the Bad Monkey, very cigar-friendly, military-friendly, as the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference occurs this week in Tampa. We've got retired Lieutenant Colonel Bruce Tufty. 14 years special ops and many more in Army aviation. Chief Warrant Officer 5 retired Steve Davidson. 
Uh, 52 years flying, 32 years flying in the uh, Army choppers primarily. Gentlemen, let me ask you both uh, each for one. I know that you, you must, you're both still involved with the military. Bruce, I know you're involved with CAA, the simulators. Steve, still involved uh, on the private sector with the military? Is still involved. Yeah, yes, we uh, we do independent contract work. Um, uh, our, our lane pretty much uh, focuses on uh, supporting uh, uh, the operations of uh, Russian helicopters around the world, uh, many of which are operated by um, Western forces. And so uh, the the sustainment of, of that equipment, plus we uh, were involved in uh, the Cold War Air Museum in Lancaster, Texas. Uh, the uh, owner of that museum... Uh, uh, owns three MI-24s, uh, five MI-2s, a MiG-23 and a MiG-21 that he makes available to uh, the general community through air shows, but specifically through the military community for um, weapons school uh, orientations, threat assessments, so they get a, the up-close personal opportunities to see the threat aircraft that, the, that is once again a factor on the battlefield today. And the great camaraderie, I'm just watching all of you, that you really share with your fellow military, even people you don't know, there's that, that special bond. And, and let me ask you, because it is Memorial Day weekend, Bruce and Steve, Steve, you served in Vietnam, Bruce, many years. I know you've seen fellow comrades, uh, fellow officers, fellow members of the armed forces that uh, remain forever young in the battlefield. And I want to just spend just a few seconds talking about the importance of Memorial Day, something you'd like to say about that. I think too many people forget the true significance. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's it's all about everyone who served and who has served, and especially those families that have lost, uh, you know, members in the military. You know, that's when you asked, you know, uh, during the break about, you know, what do you remember? It's it's who you served with, and then those that passed, or those that, you know, are not here, and their families, and that's who we need to be thinking about. And I'm sure you remember them every day. Every day. Every single day, and, every and Steve, day. you were right in the heart of it. 1968 Vietnam, pretty tough time. Uh, most assuredly, uh, we, we lost 14,000 Americans in 1968. Uh, uh, the worst day was 245. The worst month was 2045 had a, a, a roommate um, uh, Art Cheney who was uh, shot down in a Cobra uh, the 3rd of May 1968 uh, was uh, MIA for 40 years was finally repatriated uh, in 2008 we were able to put him into Arlington um, uh, he, he's emblematic of the of the the type of people that we remember that we served with his father flew uh, four-engine transports in World War II. He flew B-29s during the Korean War, and he flew B-52s during the Vietnam War, and he had two sons in South Vietnam, one on the ground and, and one on the aircraft. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's that that is... Well, I'll uh, tell you what, we remember them, and we pay tribute to them. We don't forget our alphas, absolutely. our lieutenants listening do not. And I want to thank both of you, two great Americans, great patriots, an honor to meet you both. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Bruce Tufty, Army Aviation, Chief Warrant Officer 5, retired Steve Davidson, both great Americans.
The 2017 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th at Buffalo River Works. Tickets for this all-VIP event go on sale on June 1st. Your tickets include a day full of Alpha Male Pleasure, including premium Gurkha cigars, luscious cocktails, beer from Hamburg Brewery, coffee from Goodrich Coffee, and a buffet fit for the Alpha Male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets June 1st only, only. at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. While the men and women we honor this weekend died for the freedoms we enjoy today, the Cigar Dave Show would like to remind you that Memorial Day is observed, not celebrated. So while you enjoy the holiday weekend, never forget the sacrifices our soldiers made preserving our way of life. Well, during this week where we are conducting our uh, Memorial Day observance maneuvers, the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference, SOFIC, is going on in the Cigar City of Tampa. All the contractors to Special Operations, to Central Command in the War on Terrorism, the uh, War of uh, uh, Protecting Our Homeland, they are all congregating this week. And we are at the Bad Monkey, a military-themed uh, uh, bar, cigar-friendly in Ybor City, the traditional cigar historical area. Special thanks to Major General David Scott, retired Joint Special Ops Command in, uh, at CENTCOM, and owner of the Bad Monkey, always uh, rolls out the red carpet for us, and we appreciate his uh, hospitality. And I've got uh, two great Americans and great warriors, Patriots front and center joining us. First of all, we've got, uh, we're just going to call him 04 Kevin. 
who was affiliated with the, and I want to make sure I have this right, Kevin, the Naval Special Warfare Development Group? Correct. Okay, and what, we'll get to what it does in a second. And then we've got the retired Lieutenant Colonel Danny Kelly, who was with the 160th SOAR, S-O-A-R, which stands for? Special Operations Aviation Regiment. Outstanding. And where did you both retire? What city? I retired in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Virginia's for lovers. Remember that theme there? That, yeah, that slogan? I do. I do. It was be big better. back in the 70s. There could be better themes, but that's what it is. <laughs> and Danny, where did you retire from? And ultimately, it was uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville. Okay. Outstanding. Nice area. And did you go to any UT games? Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was my last assignment was uh, running a uh, program there at the university. Outstanding. And you are also, you've now retired to the Cigar City of Tampa. I have. And you are the president of the Night Stalker Tampa chapter. Tell us about that. Yes, sir. Uh, we get, we've got a group of about 60 people that are retired and in the area. There's a few people active duty that are uh, working in uh, SOCOM as well as SOC Cent, the uh, you know Special Operations Central Command. And so with our group together, with our families, et cetera, uh, we do things locally in the community, and we also support uh, various charities, uh, partnering with uh, Soft Warrior Foundation as well as some of our, our sister uh, charities in the community to, uh, to raise funds. So. Outstanding. Well, Kevin, let me start with you. I really like to, and I know that our alphas and lieutenants that are listening really like to find out about the man behind the microphone. So tell us where you're from, your background. How did you get uh, involved with the Navy and the military? Uh, well, simply enough, I was born back in Boston, Massachusetts, back around 1966. I spent 27 years in the military. I grew up in a little town south of Boston called Hull, Massachusetts, which is a little coastal community, so I grew up on the water. So the water is where I kind of migrated to my entire life, and hence it kind of dictated my career in the future. And so you're a big Yankees fan, I can assume, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Not really. Yeah, not so much. There's two teams I love. There's the Boston Red Sox and anybody that's playing the Yankees that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Rays are playing them soon, I think. Uh, and Kevin, uh, where, uh, where do you live now? I still live in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Oh, you stay? Yeah. Uh, I first got stationed in Virginia Beach, Virginia back in 1999. And I've stayed there when I once retired back in 2010. Now, Naval Special Warfare Development Group, what does that do? Naval Special Warfare Development Group, on the very easy side of the house to explain, is future research and development technologies for all of Naval Special Warfare. That's what we do. So special technologies, what does that encompass? That encompasses everything that a special or naval special warfare operator requires in the field of battle. It could be anything from body armor to weapon systems to clothing to night vision goggles, things of that nature. So you basically arm the uh, special warriors that go in and make sure that they are properly loaded with ammo, with protective gear, communications gear, anything of that sort. That is correct. All right. And what, uh, what are you doing now? Now I work for Boeing. I work under our Advanced Technology Programs Division based out of Huntington Beach, California. Specifically, what we do under ATP, or Advanced Technology Programs, is mostly autonomous subsurface systems, as well as a few other creative projects. Interesting. And you uh, were deployed around the world in battle, 
and I think you told me that you got out just before the, you knew the Bin Laden uh, forces that went in and took care of him. Yeah, I retired back in 2010. So it was much before the Bin Laden hit and much before the devastating accident that we refer to as Extortion 1-7. Uh, and, and so you were in the armed forces during 9-11. Certainly we were all shocked as Americans. As an American, I'm sure you were the same. But what was your reaction right after being in the military? Because I know we all felt we wanted to go after the enemy. <laughs> yeah, three days. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being polite. No, I understand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, three days after 9-11, I found myself in CENTCOM AOR. I was there already. And AOR stands for? The Area of Responsibility. Gotcha. So Three you were here later. in Tampa. Yeah, as you remember, 9-11 happened on a Monday. Right. And on Thursday, I was finding myself in the middle of CENTCOM, uh, getting ready to ramp up operations against Afghanistan. And did you have any tours in Afghanistan? I had multiple tours in Afghanistan. What, uh, I'm sure there's so many things that you could discuss, but what's maybe one of the top one or two things you remember most about uh, the deployments? Well, the very first thing I remember was on the very first night that we jumped into Afghanistan was that I thought I was in a Flintstone commercial. Um, it felt like we were coming out of the Middle Ages, just with the mud huts and things of that nature. Um, very rough terrain. The only thing that comes close is maybe some of the Colorados comes even close to what Afghanistan looks like but very rough, rough terrain, and a very, I don't want to say medieval people, but very village-focused, and there's not really a national identity when you speak about Afghanistan. It's very focused on the individual villages and the people within those villages and the sects that they believe. Yeah, it's very uh, tribal. It's really the best way to describe it. Well, exactly. It's, uh, it's not like you're dealing with one group. There's all these different groups, and... It's not like you're going to have a meeting in a conference room. It's you're meeting out and about, really, outside, wherever they take you. That's right. And let me ask uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Danny Kelly, uh, tell us about your background. Where are you from? How did you decide to get involved with the military? Okay, well, uh, ultimately, um, I grew up in East Tennessee. Uh, always had a love for the military. Eventually, it led me to uh, go to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point which I did, got commissioned, uh, became an aviation officer. Uh, did that for a few years, uh, regular army assignments, uh, first infantry division, um, went to Germany, went to Kosovo, do, did some stuff in the 90s with those guys um, uh, from first ID and then uh, wanted to be in special operations. So put in a packet, there's a kind of a lengthy assessment process to be a special ops aviator. Uh, once I went through that process, uh, I was assessed successfully and started my training and, uh, and then 9-11 hit. I was in the middle of my training when that happened. And uh, a, you know, a few months later, I, I completed my, my training in the 160th SOAR and uh, showed up in my company as a platoon leader and um, essentially uh, started my first rotations to Afghanistan. And uh, went over, and uh, basically we provide all the helicopter support via Blackhawk, Chinook, or Little Birds to uh, to guys like Kevin, who were who were there in theater to do to go after all the targets. So uh, we were the helicopters that took them into the targets. Uh, at times, you know, provided fires and uh, you know shooting shooting from the uh, the door guns or for a DAP aircraft. 
to help them on the targets or when they needed fire support. And there was that combined relationship uh, early on from the very beginning of the war. So when we, um, we went from Afghanistan into Iraq, for those of us who were there, we, we just migrated from Iraq to Afghanistan and then back and forth. Uh, essentially throughout the war and, and honestly uh, it's gone on ever since. It's been almost 16 years now and the same uh, same crews that are going back and forth between the two theaters have uh, for those who've not retired are still at it. For those who have retired we've, mo we've moved on to other jobs to try to continue to support them. So, now we so talk about it. special force, special operations. We throw that, that term about Define special operations. Okay, well, well, special operations are um, typically the, the easy answer when you when you look at the conventional forces of all the services. When you when you take a application process that says, do you want to be an elite soldier in your in your force in your unit, whether it's Navy, Air Force, Army, or Marines, if you want to take the next step and you put an application in and say, could you be part of an elite group and be assessed mentally and physically and be part of this group to be at the, at the very cutting edge of, of, of what will be essentially the first element that will go in, you screen out almost 99% of the people who are already in the military and are successful. And you really look for, for someone you know, who's physically capable but also psychologically capable, and every service kind of has has that criteria. And the assessments, uh, whether it's uh, buds for the seals, or SFA for the SF guys, or RIP for the Rangers, or our assessments for the 160th guys, or or and, and there's certain things for the Air Force guys as well. That that screens out the majority of the people who mentally and psychologically wouldn't otherwise be capable of say being in the in the situation where they're doing a bin Laden raid for example and everything goes wrong nine out of ten things go wrong yet they're still able to step up measure up and succeed in the mission that's that's the and, the and you, you can pretty operations. much plan on every mission things are going to go wrong you plan for the worst hope for the best but you go through the contingencies so when it does happen you're prepared well absolutely you develop the operational plan and the plan is only as good as when you first start to execute. And then everything goes haywire. And from that, you have contingency plans that we build into our concept of operations so that we're able to adapt to those situations and do. So just like Danny just said, going back to the assessment process, it takes a very unique individual, a very special individual to serve under special operations, regardless of service, whether it's the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, or the Marines. And from that, we're able to adapt in the situation when it requires it. You're looking at a lot of type A personalities that once a situation hits that's not according to the books and not according to the concept as it was planned, can adapt, overcome, and execute the mission as required and be successful in the execution of that mission. There are no betas in special forces. There are none. None. No. We're all alphas. You are alphas. And I think that the mark of an alpha is when the... Uh, when it's hitting the fan, you say, okay, we got to deal with this. We can't sit around and start crying and pouting right. like a lot of little snowflakes do on college campuses. Exactly. You grab the bull, you know, 
grab the balls by the horn, if you will, and say, great, now we got to work on it. You that's come actually, up with something, that's and you right. don't screw around. It's exactly. well, simple. That's just je exactly it. Because exactly when you it. go out the door, once you go out the door, the only objective is to complete the mission successfully right. and try and come home with everybody. Right. You got it. Exactly. And as we saw on a recent, uh, recent raid not that long ago, they had to blow up a helicopter. Things didn't go according to plan, but yet... They were able to extricate everybody, I believe, safely. Yeah, you know, stuff yeah, happens. that happens. Yep. Stuff happens, and you make do, and you make it happen. You, you deal with it. What, what's both of you were in, uh, Kevin, how long were you in the uh, armed forces? 27 years. 27 years, Danny? 21 years. 21 years. What is the thing you miss most about being in the military? Well, for me, uh, you know, honestly, and it's true to this day, it's the camaraderie of the people that I'm with. You know, I, I still, I'm, I'm with Boeing, so in a way I'm still supporting them with weapons and getting them weapon systems. But just, just I know they're, they're going out there, they're still deploying, and for me, I, because I know they're deploying, or the guys that I used to be a commander of, I, I see them out there, and I'm not there with them sharing the same dangers and hardships. And honestly, to, to the day I die, I will, I will miss being with them and feel like I should be I should be with them, and I, I don't think there's ever any day that I can say, you know, I'd rather be with them than not be with them. Kevin? So. Yeah, no, I echoes Denny comments. It's the brotherhood. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's the brotherhood. You know, we had a famous thing in NSW. Was, you know, at 1600 when the bell rang, we were in the team room just laughing it up, joking it up, having a couple of beers, whatever it may be. But it's the brotherhood. On this Memorial Day uh, weekend, we observe Memorial Day. We don't celebrate Memorial Day. We know the true meaning. Message you'd like to share to fellow Americans really about the significance of Memorial Day? Well, honestly, I, I would like to say, uh, you, know, take, you know, take a pause and, uh, and try to appreciate those who have uh, stepped up to serve this nation. You know, in the old days, people would, were drafted and served this nation, but in modern times, it's only been the volunteers that ever that ever stepped up and raised their hand and served, and uh, a lot of them ultimately gave the ultimate sacrifice. I, I would like to remind them that just because they're citizens and they haven't been drafted, doesn't absolve them of the of the duty and the obligation. Do you know what? It's been a long time since we we've, we've been having this war. You're right. And maybe they should step up and volunteer, even if the government doesn't have the guts to draft them and make well, them Well, I really believe there should be one year, at least one year of mandatory service. If we had one year for every American, they would have a far greater appreciation for the history of this country, for the sacrifice of this country, and would make a lot of these, uh, these little powder puffs who complain about uh, needing a safe space, they would know that they'd be laughed out of town uh, uh, if they ever brought up a military, and I'll tell you what, I bring this up on, on Memorial Day weekend. The college, the 18 and 19 year olds today that need a safe space, the safe space that that our 18 and 19 year olds had during World War II, when they right. were up to their ass in alligators, storming the beaches of Normandy yeah. or, or, or over in the Asian theater, uh, they were getting shot at. There was no safe space. They were going through hell, and so I have to laugh when I hear these people say, Oh, these words have hurt us. We need a safe space. So, Kevin, I think we need a one-year mandatory service. And in Israel, two years, 18 to 20, you are in the Army. And, boy, everybody has a patriotic appreciation for the nation. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And it's more than just serving for that one year. It's the, 
the nature of which we conduct that training today. Today, the training is so sensitized that a soldier, a sailor, a Marine, a Coast Guardsman, an Air Forceman can request a training timeout. Look, there's no timeouts in combat. So it's as simple as going back to the old days and how we used to train these individuals to enter into military service. It is a different culture. It's a different way of life. It is meant to break you from the civilian, everyday life to go into combat and fight this country's wars, to defend this country, plain and simple. Yeah, and even if somebody, you know, for one year of service, community, whatever it is, whatever they would have a greater appreciation so. uh, for this, this nation and the sacrifice. Kevin, uh, uh, OC004 Kevin, who uh, affiliated with the Naval Special Warfare Development Group, and uh, Danny Kelly, retired Lieutenant Colonel, 160th SOAR, and the president of the Night Stalkers of Tampa, Tampa chapter. We appreciate uh, both of your service. Great Americans, great patriots, an honor to have you on our Memorial Day edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet yeah, costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. We are all fellow cigar connoisseurs, and one of the exciting things about enjoying cigars is getting new cigars and trying new cigars, as well as some great oldie goodie type cigars. So you need to become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, where you will get three fantastic cigars each and every month. For May 2017, I am pleased to feature the Avo Classic. We remember longtime friend industry icon, musical industry legend, Avo Uvesian, who passed away in March, by featuring the Avo Classic. That was his original cigar blend 25 years ago, a great collaboration between cigar master Hanky Kellner and Avo. It is smooth, it's creamy, a little bit of spiciness, balanced great any time of day or night. If you're not a member of the Officers Club and want to get cigars like the great Avo Classic, then go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join the Officers Club today. $22.95, and you will get these great cigars.
Whether a soldier died in war or simply trying to preserve peace, their sacrifices should never be forgotten. We at the Cigar Dave Show are humbled by the sacrifices young men and women have made every day to preserve our freedoms. We will never forget you. The Marine Corps theme. And as we wrap things up, our final concluding segment on this special Memorial Day observance edition of the Cigar Dave Show, we honor and pay tribute to all those men and women who served in our armed forces, who remain forever young, those who came back and who are no longer with us. And we also pay tribute today on the show to all those men and women who served and are active. And I can't tell you what an honor it was to have so many great patriots and great Americans. And I ask you that on Monday, I know all of you that are listening, our fellow Alphas, lieutenants, you know this. You know the significance of Memorial Day. You know that we don't celebrate Memorial Day. We observe Memorial Day. You know that we pay tribute to all those people that have sacrificed, that have served, that have laid down and paid the ultimate sacrifice. And on Sunday evening, tomorrow night, I ask that you watch the National Memorial Day concert, probably the one time of year I watch PBS, where they go, they will go through the history of Memorial Day. They will, it's 8 o'clock Eastern time, and I can tell you they've got some great performers hosted by Gary Sinise, Joe Montaigne, and they are going to be honoring Colonel Richard Cole, the Doolittle Raiders, a Gold Star family, talking about the healing wounds of war, a tribute to the Tuskegee Airmen, the salute to services. I ask that you watch that. And on Monday, I ask that at high noon, pause for a minute, moment of silence, pay tribute to all those men and women that are no longer with us. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, may your humidor always be full. May your cutter always be sharp. May your ash be extra, extra long. Semper delictatio. We say always pleasure, but on this Memorial Day weekend, observe properly. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Rest in peace to all those great men and women that serve this nation.